Yeah, I've been getting fucking absolutely rocked by allergies. It is 70, 70 and sunny. Yeah. Shit is popping everywhere. The plants are fucking. They big fucking. They're just coming into the air. Like, why is it okay for plants to come into the air and we have to breathe it in? But when I do it, I go to prison. <laughs> yeah, when I do it pub- in public. <laughs> when I just come into the wind, I go to prison. <laughs> but with plants, ooh, it's nature. Ooh, the bees. The bees need to spread all the plant come. But oh, if I come on a bee, I- I'm abusive. <laughs> I'm abusive to animals. Fucking bullshit. Fucked up. Coming on bees, come on. <laughs> I saw the bee movie. They have tiny cocks and vaginas. I saw the bee movie. He tried to fuck that woman. <laughs> Jer- that Jerry Seinfeld bee tried to have oh sex my. with that woman. Down bad. Down bad. What is going on, folks? Welcome to this week's episode of Collectively Unconscious. I am your host, Jordan Dante, and joining me as always... Jim, what's up, guys? What's going on, Jay? And this week, we are down one member. He is currently just asshole got blown open by some sort of sickness. (laughs) He is just... He's on a toilet right now, draining the contents of his asshole. (laughs) Um, So... And everything I just said is true, by the way. Yeah, it's not just a headache and... You know. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Everything I said is true. Um, so Dan couldn't be with us, but we do have a pretty packed episode. Mm-hmm. We saw The Unbearable Way to Master Talent, Moon Knight. We've both been watching some V-Space 9, and yes. I've been playing some Dune. So we can definitely fucking get into that today. Absolutely. Yeah. I was into that DS9 last night, first episode. Hey, fuck yeah. Um, but before we get to anything else, let's fucking talk about Moon Knight. Dude, perfect, crazy, perfect, perfect. crazy fucking episode. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, it definitely felt like a lot of shit has been building towards this episode, including the uh, including the CGI budget, because it felt yeah. like all the other episodes with the rough CGI were building towards this. Because holy shit, that fucking hippo. Yeah, goddamn. Um. Yeah. The the CGI, like the animation on her, was incredible. Yeah. And even even the whole uh underworld place. Yeah, that was um, good. It gave me very uh, and obviously it's based off the same thing, you know, the Egyptian pantheon. But the way they did it reminded me a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. The way yeah. they would show I could a lot see of that, that stuff. Yep. Could definitely see that. But yeah, no, that episode was great. A lot of just great character stuff. His mom's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I heard that it was a great episode. And like a lot of a lot of reviewers hyped up this episode when they got the chance to see it. Um and I was expecting it to be like an action packed nightmare, you know? Just mm-hmm. like I was like, Oh, if people are going nuts about this episode, it's probably just some crazy just yeah dumb action shit but no it was actually like uh it was like a character study episode 
Yeah, it was good. The writing was insane. Yeah. Like, man, they just fucking flipped that shit on you multiple times. Yeah, and fucking Oscar Isaac acting at himself. Yeah. And just ki- killing it. Yeah, that was great. And like you totally don't even... Like when when the scenes are just firing off and you just have Steven and Mark interacting, there's like nothing in my brain that I need to like possibly like, okay, yeah, that's Steven, that's Mark. It's like no, yeah, no exactly. I totally understand them as different Yep. Different personalities in the context of the show. Dude, and the feels and it's at all the his end, performance. The feels at the end, losing feels, Steven. Yeah. All right, but there's no shot he's gone. Like, come on. I hope not. I hope there's not. N- there's no way. He turned to stone, but, like, Steven's not real. Steven's still just a part of Mark that Mark created. So, theoretically, remember how I talked about how in, like, the Moon Knight comics, they weren't always necessarily, they weren't, like, full-on personalities in, like, the old comics, where it was just kind of something Mark would become the character to Mm -hmm. use in his, like, um, when he's, like, out doing Moon Knight shit. Yeah. I could still see it now being like, okay, now Steven's quote unquote dead, but Mark has now accepted Steven as a part of himself. So when yeah. Mark needs Steven's abilities, he'll just throw on the British accent himself and be able to access all that fucking like Egyptian knowledge in his head. I could see them throwing that in mm. in episode six. Like Mark just starts throwing on the, the, the fucking British accent. Yeah, it could have just been all uh all just like set up and that like character building kind of aspect where it's just like okay accept yourself throw yourself yeah. overboard and okay, yeah and because, now you're good to go you know yeah because th- that could have all been yeah like all a part of mark's past while he was down there because steven shouldn't have his own soul yeah exactly right? i yeah like, that, i don't know it doesn't, doesn't really right. make sense that steven has his own soul being judged separately so it was kind of them needing to fuse into one being and maybe him turning to stone was just kind of like a visual representation of that yeah so i i do think we will see steven in in some form yeah continuing on in whatever we see with moon knight yeah if we even see moon knight after episode six yeah who knows i mean they're i mean they're going they're trying to go save conchu i guess if they make it out of uh the fucking yeah. There's so underworld. Much... Yeah. The episode six needs to get them out of the underworld, needs to get Conchu back, and it needs to get Layla back, mm-hmm. and then needs to fight Harrow, and then also yeah. seal Amit back in some sort of tomb. So episode six needs to do a lot. I just hope yeah. it doesn't feel super rushed, you know? Mm. Maybe it'll be like a little longer too, because I don't think they're too committed to exact episode yeah, length. Cool. But, but we'll see. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be like a, like a Deep Space Nine episode one where it's like a fucking hour. Is, it was it an oh, hour forty five? So. No, it was an it was an hour thirty. So hour just 30, a double, yeah. a double, double episode, God. pretty much. Imagine if they did something like that. That'd be sweet. Just like I a movie so. at the end. Yeah, that'd be sick. Like full on. Because forty five minutes seems kind of short for that ending. It does. Yeah, they yeah. they have a lot. They, they need to do <laughs> in yeah. that last 45 minutes because they need to do all that shit I just mentioned which is each of those is its own action scene pretty much but then they also need to wrap up Mark's character because yeah. I'm assuming Mark needs to fucking tell Layla what like really happened to her dad we need to wrap up that storyline yeah. yeah definitely um, 
So, was it actually him? Because he was, like, crawling away, like, dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, that actually, I'm glad you asked that, because that is something I did want to, like, briefly touch on, in that we finally got, we finally now know what happened in that. So, Mark did, like, it was like, oh, did Mark kill him? Did Mark fucking, was he just there? And then now we know that he was sent on this mission, and he, um, he was supposed to kill them, but then he, like, I think his commander gave the, the order to kill them, and then he couldn't go along with it, so he tried to save them, and then, like, mm-hmm. fucking killed a bunch of his other mercenary, and it's basically everyone ended up dying. Yeah. He got fucked up and was, like, near death, and then that's how he met Conchu, and Conchu was like, yo, yeah. this dude's, <laughs> I could fuck <laughs> with this dude. <laughs> this dude, this dude's vulnerable. But yeah, yeah so that was he, interesting. He didn't kill her father, but at the same time, it's like he kind of yeah. He was he was definitely involved and kind of made the choice to to fix it at the last possible second. Yeah, yeah. No, because I I don't know. It kind of like vaguely like said what happened. I mean, it showed it all, but I just wasn't sure who exactly, like how he got injured and was like crawling away. Yeah, I'm assuming it was just like some sort of firefight. Yeah. And then he just got fucked up. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And was dying. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good episode. I'm excited to see where this fucking finale goes. We'll definitely talk about it next week a little bit before we talk fucking Doctor Strange. Yeah. Which is, in, which is crazy. We got, we, got Doctor, we got Moon Knight ending and Doctor Strange and then Strange New World starting all in one week. Hell yeah. It's going to be Moon Knight ending Wednesday, Strange New World starting Thursday, and then Doctor Strange releasing on Friday. And I'm, in, and I'm watching fucking Deep Space Nine Deep Space in the middle Nine. of that. Yeah, so let's, let, let's just go from one TV show real quick to another. I am on season six of Deep Space Nine. I am having an absolute blast. I've watched Deep Space Nine before, but this has been my, my current rewatch, and I've just been on a mad binge just watching... I've been like basically doing a season a week at this point. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just about coming to the end because, you know, it's seven seasons, just like TNG. And I'm at the point now where um, they're doing the whole Dominion War story arc. And the main producers of Deep Space Nine at this point had left to go on to start Star Trek Voyager. So the people who took over were really into the idea of the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. So they kind of took it from being pure episodic and then did a Dominion War story arc that was like more serialized. So it's kind of actually a lot more similar to New Trek, hmm. where it's okay. not standalone. Where there's like like the beginning of season six, like the first seven episodes. They aren't really standalone episodes. Like they're all like consecutive sequels to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but then it does kind of go back into the episodic format. But then towards the end of the season, it gets back into doing like serialized episodes. But even saying that, like every single episode, especially compared to fucking Star Trek Picard and watching Star Trek Picard, every single episode has a fucking beginning, a middle. An end. Yeah. It has an A plot, a B plot. It has a theme for that episode. It has a storyline, and then the next episode, even though it is a continuation, it is still a new storyline. Yeah, it and so it makes is sense. like serialized, but it is still episodic in that way. And it is like 
it's in, it's fascinating watching it in comparison to the like new trek <laughs> yeah. fucking series yeah i just watched uh just watched the first block episode that intro with the wormhole and it was freaking awesome like and this man. is your first ds9 yeah this is exposure. my first ds9 exposure besides and, like clips i've sent you yeah but that's yeah. like nothing yeah really. short little trailers and shit but i'm full in already like i already like all Let's the characters go. like man it's like it it like it kind of set up with like the promenade in the middle with like quark like doing his shady shit like it's kind of like this underground federation like hybrid you got, station like and you got fucking odo yeah dude he's a fucking badass yeah odo's great dude odo's like, so just fun melts into fucking like this little slime yeah there's so much i want to say but i won't because there are like, le- like i could legit spoil shit for you and i don't want to do that because yeah. what happens to the way all the characters grow it's so much more so than um like tng because like tng set up certain things for characters right where like you had Riker, right where Riker, when Riker came on in an encounter at Farpoint in the start of Next Generation, his whole thing was he wanted to be the captain, and his whole yeah. thing was he was he was going for the captain seat. But then, like they did a couple episodes about that, but then at the end of the day, they needed Riker to be the first officer because they mm-hmm. needed to keep him on the show. So his character never really, yeah, got never got to that point. That. Yeah, and like best of both worlds when Picard becomes Lacutus, like it does touch on the whole thing of. Like best of both worlds isn't referring to Picard; it's referring to Commander Riker, because Commander Riker gets both best of both worlds. He gets the captaincy he's always wanted, and yep. he gets to stay on the Enterprise with the crew that he loves. Um, but then beyond that, they never really developed that. Yeah, no, he was just kind of locked into more. that, locked but into that Deep, role. With Deep Space Nine, it's like the characters are the same people, but the state you're seeing them at compared to the state. I'm seeing them at mm-hmm. in season six is totally different. Interesting. It's insane. Like it's literally, it's legitimately like these people have been together for five years yeah, and have grown and like learned about each other and have That's experienced cool. crazy new shit and actually grow. And Odo is one of those characters that really, um, really kind of develops a lot and just, yeah, I, no. I love Odo. Odo he, lo- he looks awesome. pretty cool. He's the main uh, security, security officer. Yeah, he's, for the, now, he's the at constable. Least. Yeah, for now, because he, that's, that, that's, that is something that becomes like a, a tension point for a little bit is like, because he's not Starfleet. Yeah. And then Starfleet wants their security, you know, mm, on there. But it, it, it gets interesting. They, they play with a lot of this, the, the power dynamics. That's, yeah. that's a lot of what Deep Space Nine is about more so than TNG, because they really play up the fact that Deep Space Nine is a static station right yep the enterprise got to move around and it would kind of move into a place and then have to briefly deal with the politics uh, but then it got to move on yep or deep space nine no deep space nine is a station that starfleet is on right after the fucking occupation of the cardassians ended yeah so like what happened <laughs> with that like the cardassians got forced out or like yeah, it the the show. I won't say too much because the show deals with it a lot. Yeah, it, yeah. it does go into it a lot. But there's basically like a um, there was a like a Bajoran resistance 
and then a bunch of other shit happened and then i think pretty much the federation and the cardassians signed a treaty to kind of like stop shit from going down and in that the cardassians had to back away from bajor okay and the federation got control of deep space nine i'm pretty sure i'm okay. pretty sure that's that's what it is but yeah so like because deep space nine is such a it's a fucking space station they like they the show really deals with the political like the political ramifications of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking awesome. Sick. I'm, I'm very glad you're watching it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm locked in now. Hell yeah! So we'll we'll definitely keep fucking keying in on that. Hear some updates from you because I want to hear more about what you, what you think of this show. And we'll definitely be talking about it in comparison to Strange New Worlds, which starts next. Yeah, week. yeah, I'm better. About to try to watch some more episodes tonight, two or three. Oh yeah, me too. I'm de- I literally as soon as this we're done recording, I'm gonna watch some Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But all right, that's some fucking Star Trek talk. Let's let's get into the bearable weight of massive talent, which we saw last night. Nicholas Cage. He definitely was looking like a fucking sexual tyrannosaur. Yeah. Oh my god! He was rocking the beard, nice trim beard. He was looking great. His his hair definitely wasn't dyed though. Yeah. His fucking jet oily black hair <laughs> definitely was not dyed yeah. in any capacity. There's no way. Definitely not. All natural. <laughs> All natural. But yeah, we saw the unbearable weight of talent last night, and man, it was I. It was just a good time. I, yeah, I don't think good. we're going to fucking go crazy talking about it for an hour and 45 minutes like the North Man. Yeah, no. <laughs> but goddamn, that was just a fun-ass movie. And I was thinking about this um, today, where it's like the North Man kind of felt like a like a, a foreign movie from like the 50s or 60s in a way. This movie felt like a comedy from like the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause, yeah. But with but with the self awareness of twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just it felt like it just felt like one of those things, kind of just like a. It's not as like heavily comedy as these things, but these are just like the things off the top of my head I can think of. Just like where you would just have like random ass comedies come out, like your stepbrothers or your yeah. hangovers, where it's just like a random ass story. With a bunch of famous actors yep. just doing a just doing a comedy film, you know. Yeah, it kind of just that, seems like a like a friend group just was like, "Hey, let's film this movie and just have some fun." Yeah, yeah, it really didn't feel so like I don't know. It just didn't feel. It's funny. I was gonna almost gonna say it didn't just it didn't feel so Hollywood, even though the movie is oh, intensely yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Like it's all about Hollywood. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no it it felt like a movie from. From the 2000s and it was just a fucking great time the the bromance between yeah. nicholas cage and pedro pascal was probably yeah, was one of the good. best parts of the movie and i wasn't expecting that at all yeah like i knew it was kind of gonna happen in the trailer but i yeah. didn't i didn't expect it to like actually develop like and properly yeah <laughs> i was i was expecting them to get hammered and at least make out once like get really drunk and then like awkwardly yeah. kiss while watching one of his movies um but yeah I, same for me i really thought just based off the trailers that they were gonna commit to the whole um we're gonna get into spoilers a bit as well um commit to the whole pedro pascal's the villain 
anything. Mm. And I was kind of disappointed because their bromance at the start, it's so awkward, but then it develops so yeah. great that I was like, oh, if he's the villain, that kind of sucks. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then like halfway through, I was like, no, there's no way. The way they're setting this up, there's no way this movie could push along for another like hour, 15 minutes, you know, if, if he's the, the bad guy. Yeah. And then, and then you get the twist that no, his cousin's the one actually in charge and he's the face of it all. And he doesn't really, he doesn't really fuck with the whole yeah. cr- criminal like enterprise that, th- that they're involved in. And, yeah, then, and then they take it on together to say it, to save Nicholas Cage's daughter. But that's kind of just like the plot to it. It's really funny. Cause this movie is very meta as well. Where as a part of their bromance is Pedro Pascal is a super rich guy, um, and Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And he invites Nicolas Cage to his birthday party because he wrote a script and he wants to make a movie with him. And so a lot of this movie is their bromance developing and them bonding over their love movies. Mm-hmm. And so they're working on a script together. And it's the script they're working on is also the movie we're watching at yeah. the same time. And yeah, so cool. there's a lot of like really meta stuff about them talking about how they need to add in a kidnapping plot to bring in like general audiences and to give it like a through line because you can't just have a movie these days about two, br- two dudes just fucking <laughs> yeah. throwing it out for an hour and a half. Yeah. And just a lot of that stuff was like when they, that whole scene, when they were um, tripping on acid. Yep. That was great. That, that was one of the best scenes in the movie. They tr- fucking trip balls and then go into the town. Um, and they're just like they're fucking. It was honestly a pretty accurate representation of two uh, they, people yeah, on acid out started, in public. They started tweaking on the on just some <laughs> random sidewalk, just sitting down. Two old dudes minding their business. Like, are, are they staring at us? Are they looking at us? And it's like obviously these two men just sweating, who just keeps yeah. looking over at them. Like, yes, they keep looking at you. Because you're fucking suspicious and awkwardly laughing at them, like yeah, he's like, oh yeah, j- just um, j- just uh, if you look at them, j- just do a fake laugh, and he just goes, <laughs> and looks yeah. like a fucking absolute psychopath, just a fucking, he's like crying too while he's laughing. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that that scene was great, and that was kind of actually like, in hindsight, that might have been the first. There's probably some other hints, but that was the first scene where I was noticing like weird stuff about. Javi about Pedro Pascal's character mm-hmm. and I was kind of like there's no way he's the main dude because he went into that town with no security yeah yeah exactly like, I was thinking at the whole time I was like where are his if he's a huge fucking drug lord where are his guards yeah the only but time it, we saw his guards was like at that party when the lights shut off and the they lights just went surrounded out. Yeah, him and they, but that was really it yeah and that scene was also one of my favorite scenes when Nicolas Cage <laughs> has to infiltrate the server yeah, and he puts and he, the what was it called? It was like some incapacitating fucking like drug. Yeah, he like applied it to his skin, and so if he touched somebody, it would uh, knock them out. And so he like opens the door, and then he's like saying something, and just like rubs his forehead. Yeah, just like a natural motion anyone would do. And immediately we were all just like, "Oh God!" It's like, "Yeah, oh God!" I think I touched myself. And then it yep. becomes this amazing scene of him trying to shimmy across a window while the drugs are just kicking in and he's progressively like just losing control of his the body. worst possible thing you could do <laughs> but somehow finesses it he does but because the cia did. agents say action yeah 
and it kicks him out of his drug because Nicolas Cage is a fucking actor. He is motherfucking Nicolas Cage. He's a fucking actor. Oh, no, he's not an actor. You're right. He's not an actor. He's a movie star. Movie star, baby. Damn straight. And then you have n- young Nicolas Cage from uh, Wild at Heart yep. uh, ta- talking to him. And I couldn't tell if it was like CG or if it was just pure makeup, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, it was and Nicolas good. Cage isn't a bad looking dude. Like he's not super bloated like a lot of actors yeah. get when they get older. Yeah. But uh, it looked good. The young version of him looked good. And there was actually supposed to be another scene. Do you remember that part towards the end where he's in, it's like a black background and he's sitting on, he's sitting on something. And then his young versions of himself starts like talking to him. Then he like yells at him and like punches him in the face or something. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in that scene, he was actually supposed to fight like six other versions of himself, (laughs) like a version of himself from Con Air from like the rock from face off but for some reason the studio thought it would be too weird so they cut it out the movie mm. but it's going to be in the um the bonus features when it releases oh nice i did see Which some is- i did see some cut scene on youtube but it might have been a different one with like pedro yeah. pasco yeah and it's like that's if they, they cut that that sounds like one of the, that would have been one of the best scenes yeah, in the movie that would have been hilarious that's fucking- why would they cut that? And it's like, it's not, that wouldn't have been too weird. It would have fit perfectly. It's, it's already been weird. <laughs> yeah, that movie's already fucking crazy. Um, yeah, Nick Cage, he just, he does a great job. He's, he's a fucking loser in the beginning of the movie. He's really sad. Yeah. Uh, just can't connect with his daughter. It's just super egotistical. And he kind of never gets over that, really. No. He just, he just gets a W. And it's, it's nice to see. Yep. You know? Like, maybe he did at the end because he was, like, he didn't go to the press uh, thing yeah, after yeah. the release. No, you're right. Like, yeah. He, he kind of learned. But, I mean. He did. Wait till the next movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he, he, he only did that after he also just was in a successful Hollywood movie again, yeah. which is like, what he wanted. So, yeah, it, it was just a fun fucking movie. It was a good time. Yeah. Honestly. Quick, quick uh, hour 45. Yeah, and it didn't feel, didn't nah. feel that long. It didn't feel almost two hours long. Felt nah. felt tight. Yeah, I I had to piss like halfway through that movie. Like oh, I did. had to piss. <laughs> I had to piss before they went into before the acid scene. Oh really? Oh damn. Yeah, and I but I was like I can't miss this acid scene. And yeah. then the next scene was them going into his Nicolas Cage like fucking shrine, which we have to talk about as oh, well. Oh yeah. And I was like, no, I can't leave now. But yeah, he goes, yet Javi, Pedro Pascal's character on his compound has this room, which just has all these artifacts from Nicolas Cage's career. And man, shout out to Mandy. Shout out to fucking Mandy. Mandy got name dropped. That's, that's awesome. Cause not, not like, not a, like. It's not like all of his movies were name dropped, of course, but no, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Mandy snuck in there with the axe, what uh, a, the axe and the chainsaw, else? yeah, the chainsaw, and and Nicolas Cage said fucking Mandy, he said it, yeah, which is great. This is a Mandy fan cast. This is like, if anything, this podcast is, we are devoted to Mandy. We worship Mandy. <laughs> it is one of the greatest movies of all time super um, slept on like just no one knows about on. it like nobody knows it exists 
Yeah, and then I oh, it makes me so mad when people see it. And it's like, oh, people say this movie is good, and it's like, yeah, oh, fuck you. Yeah, fuck I hate you. you. Mandy's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Okay, great movie, great movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so one last thing I will say about the unbearable weight of massive talent is when I remember when this script first started going around, and it was they, people were talking about it. And about how they were trying to pitch it to Nick Cage, where Nick Cage actually turned this role down multiple times, and he didn't want to play it himself. He thought somebody else should play as Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I actually watched like a video of him like talking about that, and he said, uh, like at first he didn't want to do it. it. Actually, like terrified him, and then I mean, it's a fucking yeah magnifying glass into yeah. your own life in yeah. a way. But you then, know? but then he kind of then he like kind of like liked it and was interested like to see what yeah what the person who was writing it or the people who were writing it like actually kind of like thought about his you know his his public like eye you know his public image so yeah because it's not really based like it's not like they sat down with Nicolas Cage and then wrote this based off his life they wrote it based off the headline version of Nicolas Cage Mm mm-hmm you know, yeah, exactly. And it was also written before COVID. So since then, he's actually not in debt anymore. And I think he's been. I think he, now he's married again. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that that wasn't like his real wife and yeah, real yeah, yeah, kid, yeah, kid or anything. Um, but yeah, he's not doing as bad as this movie kind of set it up to be. He's doing pretty good now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this movie would not work without him. It would not work without Pedro Pascal. Again, one of the best actors working right yeah, now, I think. Yeah, that was great. He, he fucking nailed that role. And I'm so excited to see him as Joel from The Last of Us in the oh, that's HBO show. crazy. Yeah, he's going to kill um, that, too. Yeah, he did yeah, great good. in this. Like, just like, on point, right there, right next to Nick Cage. Like, yeah, great comedic timing, too. Yeah. Like his line delivery oh, was, was just fucking on point. And his facial expressions too. Like you could just you could just tell what everything he was yeah. feeling straight from his face. Like when you had that scene when they both were going out to kill each other mm-hmm. and they're just slowly walking towards each yeah. other and just having this that that was such a great scene because the movie just it it built up both of their motivations, then just had them both interacting with each other, yeah. talking. And they don't know that they're both trying to kill each other, but the audience does. Yeah, and they and so don't want to tell each other because they're like broing it up still. Yeah, they're broing <laughs> it up, and they're both so sad that they have to kill yeah. the other. And you just you get the emotion, you get exactly what's happening just from their their words and their facial expression. It's yeah. just fucking incredible performances. The script and the performances are what sell this movie. Yeah, it was great. It's great. Um. Oh yes, and one last thing I did want to say is they reference it twice in this movie. They talk about uh. Nicholas Cage's nouveau shamanic acting yeah. style. Yeah, you got to explain that because I, I wasn't picking <laughs> up on that. So it's something Nicholas Cage said in an interview like years ago, possibly decades ago. But it is actually something kind of interesting, but it is some just peak Nicholas Cage crazy shit where his whole idea of his acting style is that he views himself like a modern version of like an ancient shaman. <laughs> Okay. Where shamans used to basically 
use kind of what we talked about with the Northman of using ritual and performances to unlock mm-hmm. something in people's brains. Okay. He views his acting as like a nouveau shamanic meme, like a new shaman yeah, version yeah. of acting where he's effectively performing like a ritual on screen and like doing a performance to unlock things within people's brains, which isn't necessarily wrong about storytelling. Yeah. It's just calling it nouveau shamanic is the <laughs> most just fucking Nicolas Cage thing <laughs> ever. Fucking... Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Again, he's explained it before and it, it's fucking crazy, but that's what I understood it as. Yeah. He's kind of, he's got to put himself in some different headspace. <laughs> I don't even want to know what it's like in Nicolas Cage's headspace. Gosh. Like, I, like, just wonder what he's doing right now. Right this Right second. now, yeah, right? <laughs> he's got... He's probably in... He is, I imagine he lives in L.A. or California somewhere. I know he used to have the biggest house in New Orleans that was, oh, like, really? famously haunted. Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know if he had to sell that in one of his many bankruptcies. <laughs> yeah, Probably. I just imagine he's like hanging from hooks with like a pineapple up his ass or something like that, you know, <laughs> like suspended from the ceiling from hooks being whipped with those like branches like they were yeah. in that one scene. Oh, my God. That was great. <laughs> I hope right. I mean, it's 2 p.m. on a Sunday West Coast, probably where yeah. he is. Hopefully he's with his family. Yeah, hopefully he's with his children. With his family. <laughs> Well, okay, not if he's hanging from hooks with a pineapple up, yeah, up his ass, okay, but I hope yeah. his family is yeah. on the other side of the planet. I hope but they're If he's good. doing anything else, I hope he's with his family. <laughs> but real quick, I want to fucking talk at you about Dune Spice Wars. Okay. Hell yeah. So, man... I, I when this game was announced, I pinched myself because I thought I was dreaming. It is a Dune strategy game, a strategy game set in the Dune universe, a real-time 4X strategy in which you play as as of right now, it's in early access. It just came out on April 26th or April 27th. I totally forgot about that the early access was dropping. So then I just saw an announcement that was, hey, early access starts tomorrow. Oh, and okay. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, one of the best oh, surprises. Fuck. Yeah, I was so fucking excited. Um, and in this game, you play as, as of right now, one of four factions. You got the Atreides, mm-hmm. our boys, the Atreides. Sir. You got the Harkonnens. You can play as fucking big fatty Baron Harkonnen. You got the Smugglers, which we haven't seen the Smugglers yet in the like new movie series yet. They're going to come mm-hmm. more into part two i believe like a little bit okay. um and then we got the fremen uh-huh. um and each of them have different play styles in a way i've only really played around with the atreides faction so yep. far but goddamn, is this game fucking fascinating in comparison to a lot of other strategy games because they really play up what makes dune so interesting in it right like the combat isn't too expansive in terms of other strategy games. And I, I can forgive that because, again, it's early access. But the main thing you have to be constantly thinking about when you're playing this is the environment. Yep. Because it's fucking Dune and you have to be careful. <laughs> and there's sandworms everywhere and sandstorms. And there's 
parts of the map that are just open desert. And if you send troops through there, you're yeah. fucked. Oh, you'll just you're, get you're, eaten you're, alive. Yeah, you're, because your your troops have like a they have a health bar and they have oh, a bar that so represents just, their supplies. Yeah, so they'll just get bodied just out in the desert. In the open desert, they can't yeah. make so there's, it back. There's like certain there's certain desert areas like in between villages that it's is safer, but even still, their supplies slowly tick down. Mm. So you really got to manage that. And then you also the most important thing you got to manage is your fucking spice economy okay oh my god dude the game is called spice wars for a reason because it is all about that spice baby you (laughs) gotta get that fucking spice because spice spice is fucking straight cash money so you gotta mine spice and then at all times right you're you're getting spice from your spice harvesters Mm -hmm. and then there's a little bar at the top left of the screen that you can either add that spice to your storage or give some give, sell that spice straight to um chome mm-hmm. um and so you have a little bar right so you can you can make it so that you give more spice to your reserves or you can make it so you give um or you sell more spice to make money and there's a spice exchange rate that changes based on the economy Oh, and shit. changes based on your relationship with Chome. Yeah. And then on top of that, you also have to pay a spice tax to the Imperium like every month. And it oh, increases. <laughs> it constantly can, increases. So you constantly need to grow your spice. Can you? And also manage how much money you're making because you need money to build buildings, to yeah. fucking buy troops to fucking trade with other people. Yeah, so that, you really have to balance your spice production cool. and be constantly shifting how much you're adding to your spice that's reserves, cool. how much you're selling, how much you're trading, are there how like, many spice harvesters you have. Are there like crazy people that are like already like economy crashing that shit and are just fucking, Oh yeah, I mean, I've already like, done that. Oh, okay. I, I, the game I'm playing right now, I had the luckiest spawn ever where I spawned within... um like incredibly close to four um, spice deposits. So I'm just fucking oh, loaded okay. with cash, Hell loaded yeah. with spice. And I just, I just use it to flex on people, yeah. right? Where I, I'll have like 12,000 fucking $12,000. And if I get into like a conflict or if I just need any supply, I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'll just throw you a thousand dollars and yeah. just give me, give me all your shit. And they just can't refuse because it's fuck. I have so oh, much yeah. money. And so I'm sure a lot of that stuff will get balanced out, but it is, it is crazy because a lot of the times in like these strategy games, I do kind of get really into the combat stuff and it does have that, like your troop maneuvers, capturing villages and your domination victories, but the economy stuff is a lot of fun. And there's also a lot of like political stuff as well, because all these factions are a part of an empire. So you get to vote on different, um, like charters and different things that get to happen. So yeah, like every, I think like after a certain amount of time, there's like a new voting, like there's like, a, um, like three new things you can vote on and some of them are good. Some of them are bad. So there's some that are like, Hey, minus 30% Solari upkeep. So you get to make more money or you can get one where it's like you get a 20% increase on your um, spice exchange rate with Chome. So you fucking make way more money oh, selling crazy. spice. So yeah, you really cool. like it's it's all about using like political intrigue and fucking there's like a whole spy mechanic where you're constantly 
you like earning intel to be able to get spies to send them into different places like you can send spies into chome itself so you make more money and like oh, they infiltrate cool. and like hook you up with like better deals and shit damn um yeah and this is fucking early access and so they're 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 gonna add way more shit they're gonna add a multiplayer they're gonna add a full-on like campaign Um, yeah the the few the few videos you sent through snapchat were pretty sick it just kind of look it just looks cool the vibe is right like yeah the vibe's right the starting screen just looks hype yeah it's it's definitely a mix of its own thing but it also does take stuff from the new movies as well um like the logo is very similar to the yeah. the logo from the new movie um there's one character liet liet kines who was the um she was the lady in the movie um who was like the fremen lady who helped them oh yep okay in the books that's a man mm. but they changed it for this movie and then they also changed it in the game, and she kind of looks similar, but uh, not everything is similar. So it's kind of like a nice middle ground between the books and the 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 movie. But it is also not fully obviously like book accurate because there's never yeah. any time when the fucking like Harkonnens and Atreides were battling it out in the way you do in in this game you know it's, yep. it, but it's it's just kind of like a fun backdrop and they they use the mechanics well enough that it's it's, it's good it's a good yeah. time yeah, and i'm having a blast cool. and it's probably one of the better early act i haven't played a lot of early access games especially recently but and from my experience for someone who hasn't um i'm very pleasantly surprised about how much fun i'm having yeah. i'm doing spice war yeah i gotta try how how much is it though it's only 30 dollars oh nice that's cheap. Good. That's good. Um, one thing I will say is not too great on the tutorials. I kind of had to figure a lot of shit out. Okay. Um, I played a decent amount of strategy games, so there's a lot of stuff that I could like kind of just intuit and just figure out. Um, some mechanics I literally just like discovered. Even today, I just learned something new about and realized I was being a dumbass. But you know. Whatever, a learning process. Yeah, yeah. It'd be kind of boring if I had it all figured out right from yeah, the start, exactly. and there'd be no point in just playing the game. Just you know? meta run it easily. No fun. In yeah, that. exactly. So kind of figuring out the the intricacies, the ins and outs of the whole spice economy and political relationships has been fucking awesome. And that's that's Dune. So they yeah. nailed that. You know. I would yeah, like to cool. see some upgrades to combat, some more units, maybe some like unit upgrades, shit like that. But in terms of the stuff that makes Dune interesting from other sci-fi worlds, mm-hmm. from other even other like even other games, they 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 nailed it and they they implemented it well. Sweet into, into Dune. Nice. Yeah. I, I, shit. I got I like honestly, just the snaps made me want to try it out just to Hell yeah. just to play the game, be in that setting. Yeah, it's yeah. really good for that. It's probably like the, in terms of a Dune video game, it's probably the best way you could do a semi-accurate Dune game. You know? Yeah. Because like, like, like what you made Dune an action game. There's not enough yeah, action like in, in a, Dune, really. Assassin's you know? Creed. 
Yeah, Dune. like there are moments in Dune, but yeah, and it's like an assassin, like a Ubisoft Dune game. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be disgusting. The UI, the UI just fucking everywhere. Fucking, fucking. level up spice. Do spice uh, available. Sandworm <laughs> incoming. Your yeah. whole fucking screen just starts shaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'd be sick, but it'd also be terrible. I know. I would still play it because it's Dune, but. Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad. So, let's fucking talk about some news stories, Jay. We recently got... This is kind of a news story and kind of something we've been doing in our week. We recently got a soft update on our PlayStation. Oh, yeah. And VRR. We got VRR. Um, unfortunately, Dan's not here with us today, but Dan also has a VRR-enabled display. I got the LG CX. You got a VRR-enabled monitor. Yeah, it's Gigabyte M28U. Yeah, and then Dan has the Samsung Q80, so yep. we're all fucking rocking with modern displays, so we, we've we got VRR. Finally. Fucking finally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, like... I actually tested it out um, yesterday before the movie. What'd you play? I played Spider-Man. Nice. Was pretty sick. That was great. Like, I, I, yeah. I was just like, damn. Yeah, so we should say um, VRR stands for Variable Refresh Rate. Yeah. So what it allows is these displays to take the refresh rate of the monitor and match it to the frame rate of the game. Now, that may sound familiar because that's what essentially uh, V-Sync is or G-Sync, all that stuff. Um, but this is handling it TV side. So your console doesn't have to do any extra work. Um, it's an incredible improvement in games. Yeah. It, it basically takes frame drops and smooths them out. You really don't feel frame drops as much. So it's universal across all games. But what Jimmy was mentioning there with testing it out with Spider-Man is Sony has put out a patch, been putting out patches for um, some and they're putting out more patches for some of their first party games where they are unlocking the frame rate in the resolution mode of the game. Because um, in most of these games, they have their resolution mode where it's 4K, 30 FPS, yep. and then their frame rate, frame rate mode where it's like 1440p upscaled and 60 FPS. But the PS5 can definitely do the 4K at a higher frame rate. It's just not locked. But now yeah. with VRR, it takes those unlocked frame rates that would hover at around like 40 to 50 and it just smooths it out. So you can now play yeah. Spider-Man at 4K and what feels at just about 60 FPS. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> and it's crazy. I, it's I didn't, crazy. I didn't do like a direct comparison with it off and on. So I wasn't like, like certain how much better it was, but I mean, it was just butter smooth and like yeah. that game was already good. So but yeah, I mean, Insomniac just have even a, better. They have an incredible 30 FPS mode. Yeah. I think it's like their their motion blur or something. I don't know. 30 FPS in an Insomniac game feels better than 30 FPS in another game. Yeah. But I mean, I can't. I can't. You can't go wrong with a higher frame rate. No. You know, always better. So this is a welcome addition, and I know I'm pretty sure Horizon Forbidden West is getting patched soon. So I've been kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on my playthrough of that. 
that would waiting, that would that would that really patch to drop. that'd get me back on it because sometimes I hope. when I play it, it's just like too much for me. If I got like my sensitivity too high, it's kind of like I mean I could get used to thirty FPS, obviously, but but yeah, just like jumping on it sometimes, I'm just like oh, shit, like shit's going crazy on screen. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. yeah. And I wonder how long you'll be able to get used to 30 FPS now that you'll be fucking playing everything else, not PlayStation, on your 3080 Ti that yeah. you finally set up. Yeah, I got that going. Only thing is storage. Two of my SSDs don't show up, I guess, because the, the power supply is too, uh, too small, but I got my main one uh, in, like, on my Windows or whatever, but I have Cyberpunk, Forza, and F1 downloaded. I, I only nice. tried uh, I tried Cyberpunk and Forza, but dude, it was a solid, solid increase performance. Oh, yeah. Like I was I was actually playing Cyberpunk like in the main city, like four K, pretty much maxed out with ray tracing, sixty to eighty FPS in some wow. some areas. And and we should say we both Oh, well, I have a 2080, and you used to have a 2080, yep. and you upgraded from a 2080 to a yeah. 3080 Ti. Yep. That's impressive, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was good. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk ran decent. Like, we could get it running good on our yeah. PC. You gotta, um, you gotta tweak the settings, and it's still... You gotta finagle. And it's definitely still not stable. But, I mean, uh, yeah, but that's the game's yeah. fault. That's not... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, tried, I tried Forza, and that was my... My current settings that I tried, it was it went from like seventy to eighty to like a hundred and twenty FPS in four K, and then I Fuck just cranked yeah, I, and then I just cranked it max like four K ray tracing, and it was like seventy to eighty. Wow, pretty good. That's awesome. You should also it doesn't have ray tracing, but just to see how pretty it is, you should definitely download Red Dead. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's let's fucking keep going. PlayStation's new PlayStation Plus service, uh, part of the premium tier, that, that was mentioned when they announced it, were game trials. Oh. And so now PlayStation is, or is informing, uh, certain developers that game trials are now a requirement. Hmm. Interesting. So what this. So basically what this is going to mean uh, is that within three months after a game's release, so they have from launch day until three months after, they need to have, they need to approve a two-hour trial for their games. That if you, if you have PlayStation Plus Premium, you can just fucking download and play yeah. for no extra cost. Just fucking two hours of a game. Um, and so people immediately started freaking out being like, oh my god, this is just more work for the developers. And then Sony came out and was like, no, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't we do it? It's for our fucking <laughs> subscription service. Yeah. And then after that, it changed to people freaking out because they were like, oh, this, nobody's gonna agree to this. This is bad for business. Publishers aren't just gonna do it. And it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, let yeah, Sony like, worry about that. If they're doing like, it, they've cares? obviously talked to people. Like, who gives a shit? Let me get fucking two-hour trials yeah. for games. It's like, it's a game. I don't have to fucking buy it blind. It's a freaking game on PlayStation. It's gonna be successful. Shut yeah. up. Like, it'll and, work. And on top of that, they don't need to do it at launch. 
which I think yeah. is actually kind of smart. So I was thinking about this, and most games go on sale incredibly fast these days. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So especially you don't if, need to have, especially if like their numbers are not crazy, like everyone's yeah. just putting shit on sale. Yeah. So let's say okay, you don't want your trial out at launch. Sure, you think it might fuck up your game sales. So you wait three months. You have you have updates out. With most games now, you probably have your DLC on the way or announced, and it's probably going on sale for its first time. So you put it on sale, you put out your two-hour trial, and you just fucking bring in players because they try your game and get to go, oh, shit, it's on sale. Boom, I just bought it. Oh, there's DLC on the way. Boom, I just bought the DLC because I like it. Yeah, exactly. How is that that not a win-win for everybody? Yeah, it it only helps because, like, plus it's kind of like a trick, like, oh... Oh, I could only play it for two hours, but that was kind of fun. So now I yeah. now I'm gonna buy the game. So. Yeah, and devs can set it up to fucking throw a cliffhanger at the end of the exactly. two hours. Exactly. And so and Sony said that they're open to just like just you just talk to them. Like for Call of Duty, they're probably just gonna do a free weekend, and that will constitute yeah. as their trial, you know, or like mm-hmm. a or something or something like that. Like they're open to just like fucking talking about yeah. it. Yeah, just gotta hit them up. They. they so it seems like they're being pretty flexible about it, but fuck yeah, that's awesome. Trials for most games as a part of the new PS Plus, I'm very down for that. Yeah, like especially for those like Call of Duties or just like multiplayer kind of shooters, they'll, pr- they'll probably literally just give you the full game for a certain amount of time, like three hours or something. Yeah, like, or just yeah, you just you just only get access to the multiplayer yeah. lobby for two hours. Yeah, exactly. Play a couple like a games. Oh, session. you like you like playing COD? Come on in. Yeah, exactly. And then it could be just like a straight-up purchase upgrade where you already have the game fully ready to go or something. Yeah, fully downloaded. You just fucking pay the price and then unlock. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't understand. I think people just want to get upset about things. Uh, But that sounds like a a pro for us as people who fucking play games. Yeah, definitely. Um, But that being said... Uh, as of right now, you can't actually claim PlayStation Plus codes. Yeah, I heard something about this where you can um, like stack or like overlap subscriptions right now. Or something. Yeah, so so they announced that. Um, let's say you have like six years of PlayStation Plus stacked up, and you have six months of PlayStation Now bought. Yeah. When it when it switches over to um PlayStation Plus like the new PlayStation Plus, what you're gonna have is six years of PlayStation Plus premium. Oh shit. Right? So they, they announced that if you have subscriptions stacked, your subscription's gonna convert to the length of your longest subscription. Okay. So people saw that and they immediately went to start trying to stack yeah, up yeah. because they would save money. But Sony at that at that point had already disabled the ability to even claim like it's not even just you can't stack subscriptions. I don't think you could even redeem a subscription right now until huh. June. Interesting. Come June those co- those codes will work, but they basically yeah. shut down <laughs> the ability oh, to shit. let people stack. And so people are very pissed off right now. <laughs> I I heard like you like it so if you're like monthly paying, are you going to like not be able to get online or it's like no it's still it's still it'll goes. still reset okay yeah it'll still build like you could still go on psn and just buy a year but you can't 
then because you used to be able to stack subscriptions on PSN, you used to be able to buy multiple years, but yeah. you can't do that right. Oh, uh, okay, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but people are mad because they already <laughs> bought the codes, and then all the retailers oh, are like, no, shit. we don't refund those. Sorry, <laughs> fucked. Yeah, so now they got now they got to wait till June, and then they can claim it, and then it will convert over. Yeah, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't care. I I have PlayStation Plus and free and PlayStation Now, so I'm gonna get converted to premium. Yeah. come June, so I'll have the highest tier. Yeah, I'll have to convert. Um, upgrade. So speaking of the PlayStation Plus service, some PS1 and PSP games have started showing up in the Sony store in like the back end. And it's just stuff like Mr. Driller, Tekken 2, Ridge Racers 2, Worms Armageddon, and Worms World Party, all of which I don't think um, had been a... They definitely, none of them were a part of like the PS2 classics, obviously, because those are all PS1 and PSP games. But it's a pretty solid list. Seems like they're adding some, some fucking good games. Uh, I'm excited to see the full list. I hope we get that soon. That, that's really the yeah. only reason I wanted to bring that up. I just want to see the list of the games already. Yeah, I heard uh, actually someone at Sony like got hired to do something, and it could be... Oh, hired, hired for game preservation? Yeah, that was yeah. actually bullshit. Oh, it was? Okay. So, Well, it's not, but it is true. So someone at Sony did get hired for game preservation. But if you look, they were doing game preservation at another company. Yeah. And it's not game preservation in terms of backwards compatibility. It's internal game preservation. Okay. Do you remember how you were talking about how there's rumors that um, they lost Bloodborne's code? Yeah. This guy's job is so that that doesn't happen. <laughs> this guy's job is like archiving code, archiving assets, yep. and like oh, game okay. preservation for the companies. So that yeah. way when they go back and if they want to like remaster something, re-release something, it's not... Because there's been nightmare scenarios where there's like a classic um, game that people love and like Nintendo or someone has to fucking scour the earth to find the yeah. original source code, like re-release it or something. Yeah. And so these people are basically working at these companies to just preserve the okay. the, the 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 code of the game. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I saw the same thing and was like, oh shit, maybe they're hyping they're up to fucking bring PS native PS3 games in. And then I was like, no, 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's internal. Kind of fucked us on that. That's fine. It's but, fine. Uh, it it's could probably happen. fine. It could still happen. It Maybe. could. It could. Um, so last video game story I got. This one I actually picked out for me and Dan. Again, R.I.P. Dan. You know, he he it's shat sick. out his whole asshole and just couldn't make <laughs> it today. Um, but Following delays, Final Fantasy 16 is nearing the end of development. Oh shit! Oh yeah! Praise the gods! I'm Bless into us that with this one. game. I think oh, I'll yeah, play yeah, that. You, you should. Yeah. You absolutely should. It looks good. Looks good. I'm incredibly excited. I love Final Fantasy. I want this game to come out this year so bad, so bad. If we got God of War Ragnarok and FF16 and Forspoken <laughs> this year, this year will be, it'll be made for Kind me. of stacked. Kind of stacked. If, if those come out. If those drop, stupid yeah. stacked. 
And if yeah. they don't, then then that means those games are coming out the same year as Spider Man Two, because Spider Man Two is next year. Oh sure. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I never. Uh, I never played. Well, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy, but uh, I never got like hardcore into them. But I like the setting of the and the new and, uh, cast. And you like that it's an action game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should someone... play FF Seven though. Yeah. Yeah, I only I I played the trial. That's it. Oh. What were you about to say? Uh, wasn't uh, isn't this new one FF sixteen with the Devil May Cry kind of combat team? Yeah, they they hired a bunch of ex Devil May Cry combat Sick. developers to work Sick. on the combat for this. So it should definitely be more action because. FF7 was action-y, but it wasn't wasn't fucking like full on Devil May Cry. You know, it still had yeah. your it still had like active it still had like turn-based elements kind of worked into the active um like action format. It wasn't full on like performing combos and Yeah. Shit. Yeah, no, that'll be sick. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Um, but all right, before we get out of here, just real quick, I want to talk about CinemaCon. Did you hear okay. about CinemaCon I have 2022? Not. I have not. I didn't hear about I never heard of CinemaCon yeah. until everyone just started talking about CinemaCon happening this week. Hmm. And a lot of shit happened at CinemaCon this week. <laughs> Apparently, it's a thing. Um, a shit ton of all news right. came out, and we're not going to talk about all of it because it's like a lot, there's a lot of garbage. Um, but basically, like Sony went up there, fucking uh, Universal went up there, Disney went up there. They all didn't. They all just announced all the products they're gonna be fucking selling to us hmm. <laughs> for the next like months or years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I never like, even heard of it. Yeah, like there's a fucking new Hunger Games movie that was announced. Um, hmm. they we got the title for the next Mission Impossible. We saw the first image of Margot Robbie playing Barbie. In the Barbie movie. Okay. Interesting. Um, we got the announcement that Bad Bunny is playing El Muerto oh, in a in the Morbius <laughs> cinematic universe. Uh, uh, please be excited. Please be excited. That won't be terrible. Yeah. There's no way that'll uh, be bad. I mean, he did uh apparently he killed it in uh WWE, right? WWE, like yeah, I heard that as well. His thing for that, but... Yeah, but who, who the knows? fuck is El yeah. Muerto and who gives a fuck? <laughs> now, that being said, that movie's... I think I, just, I think I said when that movie was announced, I said one billion ticket sales in Miami alone. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, that's going to make stupid money, but I think, again, who gives a fuck? Um, Sony also announced a new Ghostbusters film... Now there's a bunch of minion shit, but okay, that's all this stuff no one cares about. Um, there was some interesting things. They talked about briefly about Dune Two. They brought uh, Denis Villeneuve on screen, and he was like, "Hey, I'm working on it," and then went off the screen. That was pretty much it. <laughs> that's um, great. So Dune Two is in pre-production. They also announced that they're making the Batman Two. Oh yeah. 
starring Robert Pattinson and they're getting Matt Reeves back to direct. So nice. Um, and I'm very excited for that because during the, it was, they were like pitching Batman two in the press when they were doing interviews for the, for the Batman. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like every interview they were talking about how like, Oh yeah, I want to do Mr. Freeze in the sequel. And Robert Pattinson was like, I want to bring in, I want to bring in Robin and I want him to be 14. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Which I think is awesome, and I understand why he's. I know it sounds creepy. It sounds like a yeah, creepy yeah. thing to say, but having Robin like actually be a fourteen-year-old kid makes it way more fucked up. Oh yeah, and would make it way more That'd interesting. That'd be cool. That'd like, be I awesome. got to see Commissioner Gordon being like, "What the fuck are yeah. you doing, dude? That's a fucking child." Yeah. Yeah. No. Old. No. An old Robin would just be like kind of weird if it was like introduced as that. Yeah, and they've done that. Strange. Um, in the in the past, like on like Batman and Robin, he was like fucking like twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then there was some other stuff. Uh, they showed stuff from the new Flash movie, and Michael Keaton's coming back. Is yeah, I know Ezra (laughs) and all that shit. They're they're still promoting that movie. Um, but the interesting part about that is. Uh, Michael Keaton as Batman. He played Batman in the 1989 movie. Mm-hmm. He's he's coming back as Batman in like the main DC universe. He's like an old grizzled Batman. Oh, interesting. So, so like so like we got hmm. to see him in like the old suit from the fucking 1989 movie. Um, looked good. That's sick. Just for that, that movie is going to be exciting. Uh, they talked a little bit about Black Adam, which is the the Rock vehicle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where the rock, oh my god, he's had some crazy uh, quote. Um, I they showed them like a teaser, and everyone was like, It was fucking badass, man. It was <laughs> fucking so badass, bro. Oh god, and I was like, Uh, that uh, means it's gonna be so terrible. I'm just, I'm sick of the rock. Can I say that? Yes, yes, like, I'm so over that fucking. Hot dog looking motherfucker. <laughs> that fucking hot dog with a tan, dude. I'm so sick of it. Yes, I don't know. This plays like. I guess this would be a little bit different, but this plays like literally the rock and everything. Like, Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. And it's not nearly as entertaining as Nicolas Cage, who plays Nicolas Cage and yeah. everything. Yeah, no. It's just that. Yeah. I'm over not it. cool. Um, and then just two more. There's some, oh, yeah, a bunch of other news. I'm totally missing a lot of shit from CinemaCon, but just two more things I wanted to to bring up. Uh, they they talked about the third, um, into the Spider Verse movie. Oh shit! Okay. I think they're planning a trilogy. Um, and they said it was going to be 160 characters across like 16 universes. Um, and they're just going boss to the wall. And everyone Shit. was just kind of like, uh, what? what? <laughs> that doesn't oh. sound good. <laughs> it was like that dying light tweet where it's like, it takes 500 hours to yeah. finish. <laughs> it, it sounds like it could like, be a, a Star Wars situation. Yeah, Rise of, somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. It's like, you guys are making a two hour movie. Yeah, exactly. 160 characters. That could get this, a little. Uh, you know that what that feels like? Sloppy. You know what that feels like? That feels like the, the filthy fingers of Sony 
coming mm-hmm. in and being like, put Morbius in there. <laughs> we need we need Morbius in this movie. We need El Muerto. Bad Bunny's playing oh El Muerto. God. Put El Muerto in this movie. No, oh my God. I could totally see just literally just one or two scenes where they just put like 10 or 20 random characters. Yo. Show oh, them off imagine? and then cuts to something else. Like Cartoon Miles, Miles Morales goes through a universe and he ends up in a laboratory. Oh my. And in the center of that laboratory is a chamber full of bats. <laughs> Stop this. Stop giving them ideas. And there is Michael Morbius. I mean, I might be hired. I might be getting yeah, a phone call from Sony sure. tonight. They might be um, paying you royalties. <laughs> they wouldn't pay me. No. But um, they, might, uh, they might steal your idea. Great, yeah. great idea. My incredible idea. Um, okay. And one last thing I want to talk about that I am genuinely excited for is Avatar 2. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. They showed people got to see the teaser for Avatar 2. We are going to see the teaser for Avatar 2 um, when we go see Doctor Strange because it is premiering in front of Doctor Strange and it's going to be only there for a week. And then after that, it's going to be online. But before that happened, uh, it already fully leaked online. And in a very high quality phone recording, and there's a bunch of high quality screens. So I've already watched it. Oh hell yeah! I haven't yet. So you could send it. it. Looks, I'll watch it. I'll send it to you. Yes, actually, uh, it might take me a while to find the link because it was getting posted on Twitter, oh, okay. and Twitter was just fucking ripping it down because Disney yeah. Disney's got the bots. Oh but it was yeah. Just, it would probably take me a while to find it. It's 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 basically just porn shots of the CGI characters and of the environment of the water. Yeah, of all this shit, and my god, it looks incredible. We've reached a new level with CG because there were moments of the CG where it legitimately looked like a person's hand that was painted blue, and I can't describe it any other way than that. It looked that real, like it looked like a human hand painted blue, and I was like, "Wait, that's not CG. That's just like a guy's hand painted blue." And then I was like, "Wait a second, no, that is the fucking CG, and that's the level we're at." It, you got it, some it, secret tech. I mean, yeah, I mean, stupid money in for the that, right. You haven't seen the first Avatar in a in a while, right? I actually watched it. It was just like on a random TV channel, like a few months ago, uh, maybe like last year at this point. But, but yeah, I watched it. Holds it. up. Yeah, it's great. The, I love the that. Seat, movie. Yeah, I I I used to, I hated it when I saw it when I was younger, but then I rewatched it recently, and I am a fan. I am now a fan. Yeah. Avatar is some quality sci-fi, and I, I genuinely think that movie's great, and I'm excited for the sequel. But the original Avatar CG holds the fuck up. Yeah. Because they, they invented does. a lot of new tech for that, and every single movement has weight to it. It all feels realistic. There's certain shots where shit, when there's like a bunch of the Navi in like the background, mm-hmm. some of them don't look too great, but again, it was fucking 2008. Yeah. And it still looks better than most movies now. And so... They've yeah they've come up with more new CG tech. They're doing all sorts of crazy. James Cameron loves doing that shit. He always brings in new tech, new fucking equipment, new new ideas. I'm just fascinated to see. And they said something great where they're making sequels, but they said just like the first Avatar, Avatar it was a completed story, and then two is going to be its own story, and then three is going to be its own story. And it's they're doing sequels, but they're not going to be so like it's not going to be like cinematic universe type deals, Mm -hmm. you know. 
but we'll yeah, see. That's, that's, you know, cool. that's, that's what they, that's what they say. Yeah, that's exciting. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I know there was rumors about a Avatar game. Oh, oh it's yeah, we've gotten a trailer for it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. What am um, I saying? By Ubisoft, funny. Enough. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it was. It's the uh, the division developers. Yeah. Okay. Which they have some incredible tech. So that's the Snowdrop engine. Yeah. So that game's gonna look really nice. I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah, I hope it's just like open world fucking shit. I mean, it's Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah. So it literally, there's a high chance that it will be open world shit. Oh, it's just gonna be. It, it'll, but but it should look. It should look cool, and it should be yeah. a massive, just like where you fly around on those fucking birds and just do yeah, some shit. Give, give me free fly, and I'll be satisfied. Yep, I will absolutely be satisfied. Um, but all right, I don't really have much else. That's going to do it for us this week. Um, next week, we got fucking Doctor Strange. We got Strange New Worlds. We got Moon Knight wrapping up. Jimmy, you're fucking plugging away at Deep Space Nine. I'm mm-hmm. plugging away at Deep Space Nine. We should have Dan back. Um, yeah. Definitely, hopefully, get him watching some Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get him on. Yeah, we'll try. Um, very least, definitely talk to him about some gaming. Yeah. Um, things like that. Yeah, buddy. I think that's going to do it for us. It was a good episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Um, covered some things. Got a lot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and hit that bell for notifications of future episodes. If you're listening on any podcast app, be sure to leave us five stars and give us a follow. Get notifications whenever we upload a new episode. But I am your host, Jordan Dante, and joining me as always. Jim, peace out, guys. Out, Jordan. Yeah. That is going to do it for us. Have a good one, folks. So long, highball. So long, Jim. Oh, tell me when you're coming back again. Blue, I've got the blue. Since the amputated my feet.